In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. And welcome to Older Women Likewise. Hello, Cindy. How are you doing? Hi, Isla. Great. How are you this evening? Doing just fine. It's beautiful weather down here in Florida, and we're just really enjoying this holiday season. I, I love, love Florida in the winter. Yeah. Florida in the winter is the best. It is, absolutely. <laughs> A lot of cold mornings and nights, but still nice and pleasant in the daytime. So that's just, it's really a joy. But we want to welcome all of our viewers to this second installment, if you will, of Cindy's series on finding joy. She's going to give us another handful, five more things that we can do to help us to find joy in our lives. Thank you, Isla. So just rolling here into the first one is to experience more joy, fall in love with Jesus. I mean, this is no business relationship, right? He is called our bridegroom in John 3, 29. And in Ephesians 5, 31 through 32, he's uh, also called a bridegroom. And as his bride in Revelation 19, 7 through 9, the fine linen the, that's pure and white that we, his bridegroom, wear to make ourselves ready is said to be our righteous deeds in those verses. So your relationship with God can and should feel like a warm, close and comforting relationship, kind of like a spiritual romance and communication with your bridegroom, therefore should be without ceasing and have great depth. It is a love that should be savored. And John Piper reminds us of this when he says, quote, we were made to see and savor God and savoring him to be supremely satisfied and thus spread in all the world the worth of his presence. Not to show people the all satisfying God is not to love them, to make them feel good about themselves when they were made to feel good about seeing God is like taking someone to the Alps and locking them in a room full of mirrors. I mean, it's so much more fulfilling to see and savor God than it is to sort of stare at your reflection and admiration, isn't it? That's one reason why Psalms 144, 14 says, how blessed or happy are the people whose God is the Lord. It's a good thing to ask ourselves now and again, who has our heart? With whom are you in love? In other words, who is your God? Because when we put anything or anyone in the place of God in our hearts or depend too much on anything or anyone else to make us happy, it could be a boyfriend, a spouse, our children, our friends, anyone. 
it's not only a kind of idolatry, it's also putting the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket. That's a lot of pressure to put on another fallible human being. And if you want to be more joyful, have no other God, not even your own wants and pleasures. Again, how blessed or happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Um, and so I want to have a discussion right here now about um, portions, because um, I think it fits perfectly into this idea of falling in love with Jesus. So here comes a weird analogy, but I think it helps it stick in your head. Remember the cafeteria lady, uh, the lady in the hairnet, right? I don't even know if there is still cafeteria ladies dishing out portions in the, in the line anymore um, in public schools. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But back in the day, I mean, you would get what you'd get, right? She'd be back there and you, you're in line and she's and different ones are like plopping. You got this plastic plate and they're plopping. And uh, like there's no customizations back in the day. It couldn't be like, could you just I'd like an extra large brownie or, you know, like go easy on the green beans. No, it's just like you get what you get. And. So that's not to say you ended up with as much mashed potatoes as the girl ahead of you. When it comes to how much of each portion we are given by God, whether we're talking health, there's a scoop of health for you. Here's a scoop of wealth. Here's a scoop of freedom. Here's a scoop of beauty, of talent, all these different things. Um, we sometimes have less control over the size of those portions than we'd like. And everyone's portion is a little different, right? Um, but you do get to choose how much of God will be your portion by how much of your heart you give to him. Andrea So challenges her readers in this area when she says, how would you like, how do, how do you like the fact that the Levites had no inheritance of land among the 11 tribes, except for a few cities in and their surrounding farmland, because God was their inheritance. Um, the scriptures say, but to the tribe of Levi alone, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, Joshua 13, 33. Andrea goes on to say, would that sit well with you if you were a Levite or would you feel cheated? King David did not feel cheated about God being his portion. King David said, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a bountiful inheritance. Psalm 16, 5 through 6. If you want to fall more deeply in love with Christ, think about perhaps starting your day this way. When your mind wakes up from sleep, even before your eyes have opened, train your mind to begin each day with a prayer. Perhaps it'll sound something like, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Bridegroom. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I open my heart, soul, and mind to you. Grow in my heart today every fruit of the Spirit and use me to accomplish your glory. Then go on and have that precious hour every day focused on reading, praying, and pondering the wisdom of God and introspective journaling. And by the way, I have a podcast um, on the topic of introspective journaling. 
and unique approaches to Bible study at nomadsuni.com under the title, How to Listen and Talk to God, if you want to check that out. I mean, that's a resource for you. And as you listen to your spiritual bridegroom, believe what Jesus says, even when it contradicts what everyone else is saying in the culture right now. And do what Jesus says, even when it feels hard. You'll be glad you did. Um, and you will fall more in love with your bridegroom. And that is my first idea for you of how to experience more joy. Um, the second idea uh, to experience more joy is to weed your garden. Ask yourself this. If the enemy of your soul won the battle, which of the following weeds would most likely be the weed that choked out the fruit of the spirit in your spiritual garden? That is your heart. Would it be selfishness? Would it be fear, pride, grief, laziness, anger, envy, gluttony, lust, deceit? Let's pull these weeds and instead create for ourselves an environment that is only conducive to our spiritual success. And let's ask ourselves this, do we surround ourselves with people and media that draw us nearer and nearer to holy living? Evil companionships can be really fun, whether they're virtual friends or an in-person friend, but do we really believe what God says about evil companions or not? That commandment that was spoken to Christians, I mean, that do not have evil companions, they corrupt good morals. That was spoken to Christians, not just children, right? So evil companions are not to be our source of joy. Weed the garden of evil companions. You know what else needs to be weeded? Uh, time wasters. C.S. Lewis's fictional book, The Screwtape Letters, um, in that book, we get to look into the tricks that Satan often uses to damn our souls. Here's one trick. Uh, he says, the trick, you know, the uh, tempter says this, it does not matter how small the sins are, provided their cumulative effect to um, edge the man away from the light and out into nothing. Murder's no better than cards, if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, the soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts posts, unquote. So the point is obvious, isn't it? Innocent distractions accumulated can also cause us to be unfruitful and thus in the end unsaved. Weed that life garden of all those time wasters that you possibly can and then find refreshment and stimulation only in activities or media that leave you in some way really in any way improved spiritually, physically, relationally, intellectually, emotionally. I mean, we have no time to spare, to be honest. Once the weeds are out, you will have more time to and space to plant more beautiful things into your life garden. Um, author Sean Acor defines happiness in a really interesting way. He says, happiness is the joy you feel when you're moving towards your potential, unquote. So since happiness is a byproduct, you know, our culture needs to stop chasing it. When you are 
not constantly pursuing cheap thrills to numb your pain. Now you can pursue the much more fulfilling things that God says we are to pursue. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, gentleness, says 1 Timothy 6.11. So like the owner of a priceless art gallery, I'm inviting you to be like a choosy curator of what you allow into your mind. Third idea to experience more joy. Stop listening to fools. Uh, Psalms 1, 1 and 2 said, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Remember, blessed is happy. So God is telling us who's happy. Here's who's happy. The man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. I mean, Ask yourself this, what fools are you allowing to mess with or take over your head? See how many foolish voices you can silence in your environment. Fools come at us from all kinds of directions. Do not listen to them. Instead, find refreshment in him. I mean, God is an acquired taste but acquire it because you've just got to taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalms 34, eight. So do you see how crazy it is then to listen to fools and disregard, for example, what the spirit says about not worrying or having self-control or not envying and then drag through life wondering, why am I so unhappy? You see, if our creator says seek first the kingdom and then we go and spend way too much time distracted by a lot of empty things like foolish fiction or foolish shows or foolish games or even the negative news that's constantly droning in the background of your life instead of daily being in communion with God feasting on truth as our spiritual manna from heaven, how can we expect anything else but to be unfulfilled? We really must do well to feel well. That's why God says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law, unquote. Another reason that we need to stop listening to fools is because they promise happiness, but their version of short is short-lived and full of regret. Earthly paradise is a moving target, but... Psalm 1611 says, in his right hand are pleasures forever. That's where pleasures forever are, in his right hand. And that's why wise women don't look to alcohol or uh, they don't get obsessed with entertainment or even obsessed with food or alternative realities or spending money or achieving the approval of other humans and so on for fulfillment or comfort or joy or relief. I mean, here's the proof. If those worked, we would not see the suicide rate skyrocketing or celebrities so miserable and so addicted. Instead of listening to fools, here's an idea. Get out in nature. Enjoy deep conversations with your family. There are really um, interesting lists of conversation starters online um, for great family conversations that you can Google. And so let's refocus if we find ourselves more bothered by the falsehoods that other people are consuming from the mouth of fools, but are not 
so much worried about our own sin. I mean, it's our own sin that should disgust us the most because it is what separates you and I from God. While why not repent and receive full forgiveness at this very moment? Repentance is the key to happiness. Just like Psalms 32, one through two says, how blessed, happy is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I mean, I have found, unquote, I have found not much else feels better than a clear conscience. Um, and look who has happiness in Psalms 119, 1 and 2. Those who seek him with all their heart. I like what C.S. Lewis comments um, on this, um, th this idea of all of our hearts. Listen to this. If we consider if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what it's meant by an offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased, unquote. So what a great reminder to upgrade any mud pies in the slum sources of happiness one might be dabbling in for the spiritual blessings that are more similar to a holiday at sea. The point is we will all experience more joy when we stop listening to fools who promise happiness, but the cheap thrills that they're selling are short-lived and full of regret. So here comes your fourth idea in the handful of, uh, of ideas for finding your joy. The fourth idea to experience more joy is to stop being surprised by fiery ordeals. In fact, let's expect them and even invite them sometimes. Jesus is the one who said, in this world, you have tribulation, John 16, 33. So see how kind of crazy it is that we still get surprised that the world has tribulation. I mean, it might even be as crazy as living in the world decade after decade and going like, I can't believe it still get, it gets dark at night. It's like a fact in the universe, right? I mean, first Peter four, 12 through 16 says, beloved, do not be surprised at the four fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you. Why? For your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Listen, no one watching tonight is without trials. Everyone is carrying a multitude of burdens. I see that. I respect that. Here's the takeaway. We will be happier humans if we expect to be challenged. In fact, we can, through the strength he provides, even consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Why? knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, James 1, 2 through 4. So joy and trial sounds bizarre at first, right? But even the world gets this on some level. And here's what I mean. A little story here. When I trained for my marathon in uh, 2012, 
I read a book that was recommended to me by my son-in-law called the non runners guide to marathon training. I mean, a non runner, that's exactly what I was. Um, and among other mind tricks, it said to smile on every mile, especially when you see a hill ahead. So I'm, I'm getting into this, you guys, because of the parallel. Um, think about this on a spiritual level. Uh, so smile on every mile, especially when you see a hill ahead. It said to tell yourself this, like you're running along and you're like, oh, I love this part. This is my favorite part. This is the part that makes me strong. This is my favorite. And that is exactly what God is telling us to do when he says, consider it all joy, because the strain can make us stronger and will help us win the race at the very end. Um, if we just keep running, keep running that race. So in addition to enduring with faith and courage, the unexpected trials that come our way, many have gained strength by challenging themselves in some way like training for a marathon or some people fast from food or do other hard things to gain self-control and to kind of work that mental muscle and discover the joy of a mind that is stronger than a body. Or, I mean, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body and make it my slave. So when you go through your dark days, ask yourself, do I believe God, when he says that he causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. I mean, all things are all things, sisters. I mean, he says all things work together. All is all. So in every crisis, in every challenge, in every setback, in every trial, ask yourself, what is the good God is doing for me in this reality, in this situation? And what would victory look like and sound like in this case? And then look like and sound like that victory. Don't waste your pain. Instead, make something beautiful of it. You've probably heard the adage, all sunshine makes a desert. And you know what else is true, you guys? Flowers grow in sunshine when it is mixed with rain and a little manure, right? So let's bloom and let's stop being surprised by fiery ordeals. In fact, let's expect them and let's even invite them on occasion by challenging ourselves to do something really hard. In the end, this will lead to more joy. So your final um, idea tonight to experience more joy is to focus on the joy set before you. I've sometimes wondered how Christ was able to mentally survive that impending reality of crucifixion. And thank heaven we are told the answer to that in Hebrews 12 too. It says that he focused on what? The joy set before him. That is the joy that would follow the cross rather than on what would feel what it would feel like to have those nails driven through his hands by the people whose souls he loved and only wanted to be loved back. Jesus on the brink of crucifixion speaks these words. Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone.
because the Father is with me. He fixed his eyes on eternity with the Father. And the reason I'm including this in ways to find joy is that we get over our darkest experience by the same technique, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and fixing our eyes on our eternity together with him. So during this pandemic and all the ripple effects that it's causing, and now living under a government where it is more apparent than ever that anything can happen. Here's some empowering truth for you. When you look at life from an eternal perspective, you realize that your long-term joy is determined by how fixated you are on eternity. Decide today to focus your, the eyes of your heart on one place alone. Some of you know this already because you have been through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, you, like me, already know this fixation can give you what you uh, what could be called level 10 peace. I just met somebody last week um, that has test driven how deep the peace of God can go sometimes. And she was in, I saw the picture of the car accident she was in. It looked like somebody took her entire car and wadded it up into a ball of aluminum foil. I mean, and she survived this. She said right when all the impact was happening, she relaxed her entire body. And <laughs> To me, there's like a kind of like a parable in that. And so I can really relate to that. I'm thinking a lot of you have been through things that just really, really test has test driven how deep the peace of God can go at times. Um, I mean, in my own experience, one time when I um, I was under the Deschutes River from an extended amount of time from a, during a whitewater rafting trip. Um, and I have a podcast about that. And also the motorcycle crash that we had in June, June of 2019. And I slid across the pavement of Murray Boulevard in Beaverton, Oregon, breaking my femur, shattering my wrist, knocking out this tooth. And incidentally, picked up this tooth off the road and put it into my pocket so my dentist could glue it back in. It worked. Um, and so my point is, fixing your eyes on Jesus you can walk fearlessly through that kind of valley of the shadow of death. Um, and it can take you through anything. And I think you guys have been through scarier and harder stuff than I have a lot of you. And so you have test driven just how deep that peace can go. I mean, it is called the peace that passes understanding for a reason. Um, you are courageous sisters um, you are focused not on the present distress, but when you're focused on the joy set before you, that makes even the present moment more joyful, doesn't it? Girls, now go have yourself a merry little Christmas. And if it's your thing, have that merry little Christmas, I should say. Not all of you are into that. <laughs> and so you girls are the Christmas gift to me and Isla. We love you guys. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast and we wish you all a very good night. I tell you, I'm going to have to go back and listen again to get all <laughs> the different ways for bringing us joy because there is, it is such a rich and full lesson that you brought. Thank you so much. I know You're some welcome. of us are thinking those are things we do and others are thinking 
Well, those are things I need to do. So that is just <laughs> great. It's wonderful, wonderful lesson. Okay. Next week uh, on uh, Older Women Likewise at 8 o'clock on Thursday evening, Cindy will conclude her series with five more things. Another handful, right, Cindy? That's uh, right. Five more things. Five more things that will bring us, help us to find joy. And uh, we appreciate you joining us next week as well for that lesson. Don't forget about Answering Religious Error, Tuesday evenings at 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, and by Answering Bible Questions at noon on Wednesday. Uh, the men do a wonderful job of uh, putting out the questions, the com comments, the concerns, and uh, really answering those for the audience. Uh, and uh, ladies, like us, share us, follow us, subscribe to us. Do everything that you can to help your friends hear these wonderful lessons from God's word. And let's get God's message out into the world. Thank you.